0: As promised, we are going to do a mailbag show and answer your questions all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, February 12th, 2024. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can join today and get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. righty. welcome back, everybody. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. If you're a hockey fan, I know you did. Big weekend for the Red Wings, baby. Hockey Town is so back. The boys are buzzing. Big win over the Vancouver Canucks. And then Duel in the D in that same building later that night. I went with my roommate. Good time. Michigan State edging out uh, Michigan, putting an end to the uh, losing streak that Michigan State had for the duel in the D. So a fun game gets Trey Augustine. Got to see a little bit of a future Red Wing, hopefully, if everything goes to plan. Um, So, yeah, really fun weekend. And pitchers and catchers now report this week. Super Bowl is over. I'm recording this before, but uh, the Super Bowl for you when you're listening to this uh, has already passed. And that's kind of the benchmark for like, all right, it's about that time, baby. It's about that time for some baseball uh, pitchers and catchers report on the 14th. I believe they start rolling in and then uh first full team workout is a week from yesterday. If you're listening to this on Monday, I believe it's uh, Sunday, the 18th. So it's about that time, baby. It's about that time. We will play spring training baseball games at the end of this month. Super exciting. So I think this is a perfect kind of window for us to talk, uh, have a mailbag and just kind of answer some questions, have a back and forth conversation because it's, past a majority of the offseason there's still some big names out there obviously but it's beyond that where the most of the offseason moves are done but it's also right before all the spring training comes in so I think it's that perfect kind of window to get some questions knocked out here so without further ado let's get right into it we start off with Virgil Green who I can always count on for some uh, some interactions and some support on these shows I appreciate you Uh, if Malloy has a great spring and cannot be left off the roster Will he see time at first base? Who will be our backup first baseman? Uh, So I think Mark can is the backup first baseman uh, point blank. And uh, they kind of talked about that when they first acquired him. That's what I'm going into the spring, going into spring training uh, with, as my belief of of who the backup first baseman is going to be. Obviously spring training will, will filter some of those questions out, but that's kind of where my head is at. As far as Malloy playing first goes, I think that's more of a long-term thing than a short-term thing. I, I think, they really want to figure out if he can play even uh, remotely average corner outfield before they start trying him at a position where we already have a staple there, right? Like Torgelson's going to be the first baseman for the next, hopefully a lot of years. Um, so I, I think they really want to put a lot of his attention and focus on left field. Um, and I think third base has sailed, but that's a kind of a, a conversation for a different day. So I think long-term there might be some first base potential in there, just if he can't find a home defensively, but I do think that uh, that probably he might take some reps at first in spring training. Why not? But I think uh, that's more of a big picture thing than a you know 2024 in a vacuum. Is it over for Andre Lipsius? Originally, I thought I was I thought of him as our second baseman of the future or our second baseman. That seems unlikely now. Um, yeah, I I don't uh, I don't disagree with that. And Lipsius is somebody that I really liked when he was in the minors. I really liked how much he walked. I was a big fan of his. Um, and he wasn't awful in his September call up. He just didn't really, uh, he didn't really wow either. Um, he was pretty, he struggled defensively. Uh, the, a lot of the defensive metrics and just the eye test, like he he wasn't that great defensively at third, which obviously this front office takes very seriously. How good you can play defense. That's been the cause of a lot of controversy. Um, and then offensively, you know, uh, I think there's just some, a, a lot of power in his swing that is lacking. So I think that this is a big year for him. I really do. And like, I I know that I'm not alone in that, right? Like I I haven't brought up Lipsius once for like, uh, who's going to be playing in the majors on opening day, or even, you know, really talked about him at all this seat for, you know, 2024 outlook as a whole. And I take it in as much Tigers content as I can. And I'm not alone in that. I don't think I've heard his name once from anybody who really covers the team. So um, I think that this is a big year for him. If he struggles in AAA, I think he could find himself off the 40-man. But if he mashes, then I think he'll play his way back into that conversation. So big, important year for Lipsius as well. Could kind of make or break his future on the 40-man roster. Will Green stay healthy this year? I have no clue. Uh, You know, (laughs) some of his injuries worry me like, right. Like stress related injuries worry me, especially on the legs. Like you can't stop running. So like that is kind of worrisome, but I'm also not a doctor and Jose Iglesias had those back in the day. He was out for a year and then came back and was never had that issue again. It was fine. So I I have no clue. Um, But then you also have injuries like contact related. Tommy John is still so mind boggling to me. Um, So I I don't know. Uh, He's going to be healthy by the start of spring training. He's ready to go. That's exciting. But, who knows everybody hopes so certainly um another question about how many you know we have a lot of outfielders uh and just kind of amongst the regular starters i think you said uh which ones could be usurped in the next couple of years good word there um you know i don't have anybody on this roster that i think is on a track to really fall off hard and like not be you know starting or or you know, not be in baseball or something in the next couple of years. I don't have anything that dramatic. I do think if there's one person and I, it's funny because there's a question later about biggest surprise candidate. And my answer is the same guy. But if there's one guy that I, I really have a lot of questions about is Parker Meadows, just because I think the variance in what he could become this year is huge, right? Like if he hits, this is a guy who could be like a three and a half or four war player because of how good he is defensively and how fast he is. But also, you know, it, it, there's there's a lot of unprovenness within his uh, within his offense, and uh, so I, I think that he's a guy where you're like, all right, you know, worst case scenario, he's a really good defensive center fielder in a big ballpark, and he's a nine hitter with speed, um, which is still a pretty decently high floor, all things considered. Um, so I, I think that he's a guy where, like, I I'm just glued to the TV whenever he's up because I'm so interested in how he's going to do offensively. Um, but I. And you know, our top hitting prospect in the organization is now a center fielder as well. Uh, got us some questions about Max Clark later. Um, so I guess he would be someone, but again, I also have him as like my candidate for a breakout as well. So there's just a lot of variance there. Um, and then you mentioned something about the Royals improving by 20 wins. I talked about that in our projection episode, or the you know, we talked about fan graphs. Is, Uh, projected records in Pocota and whatnot, I I think it's wild that there are a lot of uh, websites out there that think the Royals are going to improve by 20 wins. That's a lot. It's a whole lot of wins. Um, Next up, we are going to move to uh, David Chafin on YouTube, who asks, I have a question on MLB expansion. I love this question. It looks like it will happen in Nashville and in the East and Salt Lake City in the West, but I would prefer San Antonio with a dome if it happens, do the leagues go to four divisions of four? And who do the Tigers go to? A North Division with Cleveland, Chicago, and Minnesota? Good show. Well, I appreciate it, David. Um, so this is an awesome question. This is like one of my favorite questions I've I've gotten, uh, just because it's it's kind of outside the box. There have been a lot of theories about divisions and what they are going to look like if that does happen if and maybe even just say when that does happen it does seem like it's going to be nashville i think is the lock of all locks right i uh, nashville's going to happen dave dombrowski before he took the job with the phillies uh was actually like spearheading he was like the top dog in the movement of getting Nashville a baseball team. He kind of ran that organization. So I, I'm very confident that's going to happen. The Salt Lake City one, I'm kind of down with. I kind of prefer them to have a dome. I Salt Lake City, that's going to be the elevation thing that Colorado has too, man. There's going to be some homers there if you uh, just kind of let that ride and don't mess with it. So we'll see what happens. Not that a dome fixes all of that either, but um, you know maybe helps you a little bit. I So we'll see. I do think the division thing, the the most popular one that I found was uh, Detroit, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Toronto. Actually, and moving and obviously, if you're an older fan, uh, you are not trying to call people old. If you are uh, a fan that uh, precedes the early two thousands and and is you know was a fan in the eighties and nineties, and obviously well before that, uh, you will remember that the Tigers were in the same division as. Blue Jays for a long time. The Tigers obviously were in the American League East before the Central uh, was invented. So invented is a weird way to put that, but you get the point. So I think that being division rivals with the Blue Jays again would actually be kind of cool. That's kind of what I'm rooting for if that does happen. But we'll see. A lot of conversation still to be had in that department. There's other theories about having a Central where we would then be uh, grouped in with both Chicago teams, which I think is also kind of fascinating. So We'll see, uh, but yeah, that that you know Nashville seems like it's kind of a lock, and it's just a matter of where the second one's going to be. Um, next question we have is from uh, I'm going to butcher that name. Uh, it's a YouTube question. It ends with hero. Uh, we are going to my oh my imaginary hero. Boom. Uh, so <laughs> reading's hard. We're going to get to that question right after the break here. FanDuel is the best in the business. We talk about them all the time. We've been talking about all of the fun things you could bet on with the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl has obviously now come and gone. And now it is shifting focus to basketball and hockey season, obviously. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can uh, use quick bets. You can bet on live same-game parlays. There's exclusive props. It's a very fun NBA season this year, obviously. And getting hurt kind of changes the outlook on a lot of those bets as well and where the money's going. So there's so many more scenarios. You can just bet on the Pistons to win a game sometimes. And that is, you know, if it hits, it's going to probably make you a decent amount of money. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Second segment, I wanted to say third, then I wanted to say segment two, and then it came out really weird. So second segment, segment number two here of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate y'all as always for tuning in. We are back tomorrow. We will probably continue our player preview series. Uh, Try to knock out two or three players again as we start prepping for 2024. It's that time, baby. It's about that time. Also, be sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, the 24-7 streaming channel by Locked On, covering the biggest sports stories of the day on YouTube. You can subscribe to them. You can also now find it on Amazon Fire TV. So find Locked On Sports Today channel now on YouTube or Amazon Fire TV. Excuse me. So we are... Doing a mailbag show, uh, we have a great question here from my imaginary hero once I remembered how to read. Uh, I live out of state and only go to Comerica twice a year. When you go to a game, what do you recommend to have the best experience? Food, things to do, places to sit. So for food, uh, they kind of revamped this since COVID. They have a lot of awesome, awesome, awesome food and chefs and just great people in the right field kind of it's not a balcony I don't know what to call it but behind the right field seats there's just a huge countertop uh, that goes across the entire thing and there's a lot of like individual kiosks obviously within that Um, and they were serving absolute gas last year like just straight fire they had like buffalo mac and cheese at one point Uh, there's a lot of like local you know people that got an opportunity to cook and and serve out there as well so you're uh, you know not all the time but a lot of the time you're supporting, you know, Detroit based stuff. I I could not recommend that more. I usually like to sit ever since the pitch clock and the earlier start times. I like to sit first base side because if you sit in left field especially, you're gonna be staring into the sun for all nine innings. Uh so I I would, you know, unless it's a, a later game, they're randomly starting late, which I don't think happened. Um, or you know a day game where everything's in the sun, maybe then it's a little bit better. But uh, for evening games, I would avoid left. I would probably stick to right field um, or uh, or first base side. Also, I think the best value in the entire stadium. This is like my secret. I can't even believe I'm saying this out loud because it's like my my little secret that uh, I never told anybody because I used it so much. But I think the best value in the stadium is the first section behind home plate in the upper deck. Don't tell anybody else, okay? It's just for people that listen to this show will know what's up. Incredible value price-wise, beautiful view. You see everything uh, very well. You watch the game very well. Um, Even better than some like the lower bowl seating because you can actually see everything. Uh, And it's, I, I think, for value, pure value, there's no better bang for your buck than sitting up there. So um, that's kind of my uh, my recommendation for you. I hope that helped a little bit. I basically live at Comerica. There's really nowhere you can go wrong. I, that place is uh, home to me. Um, so next question from RC Safety on YouTube. How long of a leash do Maeda and Flaherty have if the team is doing well and one or the other or both of them are not pitching well? Five plus ERA type of stuff. Yeah, so... Um, I, I think it's short. Uh, and the reason why is because, uh, especially for Flaherty, that's a one year deal. And you have a barn full of guys, right? You have a stable. What is that Aaron Boone said, or was that cash? I can't remember who said I think it was cash actually that said that. I got a stable full of guys that throw a hundred. Um, you have inc- incredible pitching depth going into this season. And uh, yeah, so I, I think that it's it's probably relatively short. Again, yeah, especially if the team is doing well and they're just, you know, imploding, um, I, I think that they'll be pretty quick with the hook there. Uh, that's the thing about short-term deals: expendable, easily replaceable. And when you have guys that really showed flashes of uh, of good pitching last year, you can very easily just kind of go down the the line and, um, you know, call up Reese Olson, call up Sawyer Gibson, Long. Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I, I do think that it's it's probably relatively short. I think we're talking, you know, a few, uh, they'll give it a couple of months. They're not going to be like, oh, you know, your April was bad, get out of here. Um, but if, if you know, it's consistent, that kind of thing, and we start creeping into June and the Tigers are in the, in the hunt for the Central, I think you could see uh, the hook come out. Who are some trade targets we should look out for? So I have a broad answer to that and then a specific answer to that. We have another question later. We'll kind of just lump into here. That is, if I can find it, Uh, I can't. This is awesome. Okay, here it is uh, from Hayden as well. The Tigers were to trade for a third baseman, however unlikely that is. Is there any specific players you would like to see? And what kind of trade package would it be as well? So uh, I'm going to answer both of these in one kind of foul swoop here. Uh, The original question from Jordan on some trade targets to look out for. My general one is look out for right before opening day. Um, That's when we got Zach McKinstry, because that is when uh, the final roster decisions are made. And if a player is out of options, they are put on waivers if they're not traded. So I think that that is going to be kind of the next big window of a lot of trade opportunity is going to be all of the guys that are out of options that don't make their major league team. There's some big notable names, and then there's a ton of not notable names, right? Like Zach McKinstry wasn't a household name, certainly here before last season um and or before he was traded for rather so uh the big like notice notable name that i have my eye on not for the tigers by the way just in my baseball fan brain um is joe Adele. uh joe Adele, former top prospect in baseball and uh former very very high draft pick for the angels is out of Major League options and just has not been able to find his footing whatsoever at the Major League level. Um, I'm fascinated to see if he just makes the Major League roster because they don't want to give up on him or if he's going to have to be put on waivers and somebody else is going to trade for him or pick him up. So that's kind of like a a big day. Uh, If we're talking elsewhere, uh, I think one of the bigger ones for me is, and this I am not going to take full credit. I wish I could go back and find the listener it was. There has been a listener who has been constantly talking about JD Davis for like months. And I have acknowledged it, but like it was like I, I didn't spend an entire show ever talking about the possibility of it. So shout out to that listener. Uh, whoever you are, wherever you are, this this one's for you. Um, but JD Davis, I think. And the reason I bring it up now and I was hesitant to before is because now the giants are linked to Matt Chapman and JD Davis is a free agent after this upcoming season. So he's a one year rental player. And if the giants get Matt Chapman, Jimmy Davis has played corner outfield before he's played first base before, but he's 30 and he's played less than hundred games in corner outfield and less than 50 games at first base. He's majority of third baseman and he played really good defense last year. He walked a, a solid amount. He's got like a 10% walk rate in his career. Um, so he's a well above league average Walker. He does strike out a solid amount and swings and misses a solid amount, but had 18 homers last year. This is kind of like Matt Chapman light, uh, right? He's not as good of a defender because Chapman's arguably the best defender in baseball there. Um, And Chapman probably is closer to mid-20 home run pop. But the profile is is very similar, and uh, he would be much cheaper. So I think that that's someone that if Chapman ends up going to the Giants, keep your eye out for. If he doesn't, then he won't, and J.D. Davis is just going to be the third baseman for the Giants this year. But someone to maybe keep your eye out for. Shout out Again, shout out to the listener. I... Again, I, I can't remember who it was that was constantly bringing up, bringing it up. But uh, that one is 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 for you. Um, next one we have from Rick on YouTube. Why did the Tigers sign Flaherty over Waka, um, who has uh, who signed with Kansas City a couple of days after Flaherty? Waka was something like twenty six and five in the last two years. Casey got him for only two mil per year more than Flaherty. So yeah, I, I like the Waka signing a lot. Uh, I don't have an answer for why the Tigers went for Flaherty over Waka. Uh, I'm I, I don't know, but I really like the Waka signing for the Royals. Um, I think maybe it's just the difference of a one-year deal versus a two-year deal. Maybe they didn't want to give uh, the multiple-season commitment. For right or wrong, I'm not saying that's right. Uh, I, I think you're probably more right than than anything else there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, maybe it just came down to that one year deal versus two year deal, 16 mil a year for two years versus 14 for one. Um, but, uh, you're getting a better pitcher, uh, in Waka, I think than than Flaherty, at least a, a more proven recently pitcher Flaherty at his peak was a Cy Young candidate, but that was many, many years ago now. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a valid question. I think it's a really valid question. Um, next up we have. I like this one. Detroit Motorsports just says hurry up February 24th. Agreed. Agreed. Um, next up we have, uh, we're going to take a look at the April schedule. Uh, this one's from Hank. Last April schedule was brutal with the number of games and versus the AL East. This year's schedule looks promising. What do you think? Uh, what do you grade the Tigers' underwhelming offseason as well? Seems like we're putting out Mudhens 2.0 on the Major League field. Let's talk about that right after this. Okay, everybody. Well, today we got to talk about our friends over at eBay Motors. We love our friends over at eBay Motors because they have the coldest line in all of ad reads, which is burn rubber, not cash. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy and also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered They have over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, and you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, if your part isn't a guaranteed fit, uh, every time you get your money back no matter what. Uh, So because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash, Uh, with all all the parts you need, all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment three, third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. I appreciate you all greatly. Uh, so let's take a look at the April schedule. We've been talking a lot lately about the struggles that this team has in April and has for the last several years Um, you start off with the White Sox that's always a plus not going to be too upset about that Uh, the team that is clearly rebuilding and will likely be their fourth or fifth in the central this year Um, but yeah you know this April is is still not a cakewalk but it's I I think obtainable to keep your head above water Uh, White Sox, Mets, A's, Pirates, twins rangers twins rays royals cardinals there's some good teams in there there's some not so good teams in there i think this is an opportunity to challenge yourself against some better teams but still have a decently high floor just don't be awful in april please don't be awful in april um you know great for the offseason i it's it's underwhelming because uh, th- uh, there's two things that really jump out at me as why people think it's underwhelming. One, there was no big splash. Everybody loves the big splash, loves the big, huge trade, the Prince Fielder signing, right? Like, th- And that didn't happen. We didn't have that. Um, But as far as like qual- quantity of moves and quality, I would argue, I don't think any of them were really awful. But as far as quantity of moves, the Tigers did make uh, a pretty solid amount of moves. We're in the top half of the league, I want to say, or middle, around middle of the pack in the league. In, uh, in spending this offseason. So it's not like they did nothing. It's not like they just sat on their hands. I, I think um, it's just underwhelming because there wasn't a big, huge move for people to kind of grab a hold of. Uh, the other thing that that I think is, is legitimate as well is this team has been really bad offensively for several years now. 2022 was one of the worst offenses we've ever seen last year was a step in the right direction the second half especially you got closer to middle of the pack but you were still less than worse than league average uh, and that was like the big upswing and you were still worse than league average offensively and in the first half you were still pretty pretty abysmal so i think um it, it just optically looking at okay you have not had a very good offense at all the last 2 years and you added mark canna and that's it to the offense uh this off season i, I think is Something for people to point to and go, really? Like, we're just going to keep rolling this out here and, and hope that it takes a big step forward. I think there is potential for it to take a step forward, by the way. Uh, I, I think they're, you know, Riley Green, hopefully staying healthy. Torgelson maybe taking another step. Carpenter, right? Like, this is a young team, and it's just hard to predict. And I think that you need to see what you have in these players. So I I don't grade this as like a passing with flying colors What a perfect offseason, but I don't think it's a catastrophic failure either. We'll kind of have an offseason recap episode where it's just we put all of the off season behind us need some more people to sign, though, so get on that, Scott Boris. Um, from Austin, we have, what are your thoughts on bringing in Vado on a two-year deal? I think he'd be a great fit. Split the playing time at first with Torque, and we could always use veteran knowledge. He's a lot more productive, older player than Miggy, in my opinion. Trevor Bauer would be a dope addition as well. Uh, I think pitching is out the window, uh, so I, I don't think Bauer is going to happen. I, I just don't think that the Tigers, we talked about this when they signed Flaherty, I don't think the tigers are going to uh, add like they've already added so many starting pitching. I don't think they're going to keep just having starting pitching, you know, like major leaguers just not have a place in the rotation. Um, as far as, uh, as far as Vado goes, you know, uh, he's ter- certainly reinvented his style and approach, uh, but this is a guy who's pushing 40 uh, hit a, just barely over 200 last year, walks a boatload and has some pop. So like, was around league average OPS. I don't say that in like a slanderous way, um, but th- I don't think they're going to bring anybody in to steal at bats from Torkelson. I think they want Torkelson to get as many ABs as possible at this point in his career. And, uh, and Vado, uh, again, like hit around 200. Uh, Is going to get you some walks. Is going to get you some homers, um, but I don't think they want anybody clogging. We'll say DH either. I think they're celebrating and, and throwing a parade for the fact that, you know, they love Miggy and appreciate everything he gave us. But I think they're thrilled to not have somebody just guaranteed be the DH every day either. Um, and and I don't think, again, Votto is going to be a guy to steal ABs from Torque at first. So it's one of those two. And I don't think either are really on the table. But we'll, I'm very interested where Votto ends up if he does end up anywhere, though. That's a, that's a weird thing for him to still be out there, I guess, given just how good he's been for so long. Um here's one of my favorite questions. Sports guy says, one thing I haven't heard much talk about is the possibility of a six man rotation. What's your opinion on this? My opinion on this sports guy 1200 is that I love it. Uh, I absolutely love it. When I was doing roster prediction 1.0 last week, I was, I was all about it. Uh, and, and I was trying to find a way to do it. Uh, my, the, the tricky part is if you have a six-man rotation, then you're moving your bullpen, presumably your bullpen, down from eight to seven guys, or you're having six-man rotation and an eight-man bullpen, and you're removing one of your utility players. I, I I don't hate it. I really do love the possibility. I think that it would uh, help guys, really everybody, right? Like We talk about all the time that the innings, uh, there is no proven innings on this team, and you could – that would help Mize ease into it a little bit. That would help Reese Olsen kind of get used to playing a full major league season, right? Like you have a lot of guys that I think would benefit from that. I don't know if they do it. It's gutsy, right? That's a, that's a big kind of all chips on the table move to make early in the season, especially, again, at the expense of another roster spot from somebody. But I would not hate it at all. And I think that as spring training goes along, that's something that we'll talk about probably more and more. Uh, from Gunner Swamp, uh, who's in line to take hobby spot when the contract is up? What can the Tigers do to catch some of the enthusiasm from the Lions? Max Clark timeline to the bigs, and who's going to be the most improved Tiger of 2024? My clubhouse leader for most improved is also Parker Meadows. I hinted at that earlier. I think, again, if he's even a league average hitter, this dude's going to be a three-win player as a rookie, and uh, I, I'm so excited to watch him play. He is awesome. Uh, he's the best. Max Clark timeline to the bigs uh you know I think this year is going to tell a lot of that to be honest with you I think that they're in a position where um he he obviously just drafted last year coming out of high school struggled a little bit uh and and for probably for the first time in his life I think that's good for you I think that's healthy so I think he'll go in, make adjustments this offseason if he hits the ground running and starts crushing the baseball we're talking about uh, you know, maybe like a, a year after next type of situation. Uh, but I think this year is going to kind of give a, a much better gauge than anything I can tell you right now, you know, first off season after his uh, his draft year. But uh, he can move pretty quickly if he really hits the ground running and crushes the ball this year. Lions... Um, I, I say, just invite people, invite Lions to the games, man. You see it with the Red Wings. The Red Wings are in a playoff spot, and every night that you know, Craig Monroe was there. Uh, you, they had uh, Jamo there from the Lions. They, you know, Jameer Gibbs went to a game. Colt Keith was at a game uh, the day that he signed the contract extension. Like, do that. Do do that. Get get the get get the the excitement that people have for the other teams and get them out to Tigers games. I, I don't think it's it's really rocket science. But that is, I, I think, how the fans would be uh, super interested and really love it. Uh, and, uh, I, I mean, you put them up in a suite for a game. You can see their reaction, right? Eminem was at Lions games. Get him out for a big game, right? Like, I think there's a lot of stuff you can do. The city's dying for a winner. It's a fantastic sports town. And, uh, and I think that that all would go a very, very long way. Um, <clears throat> from Mitchell. Uh, with the news coming out about the Mets and fabricated injuries, that's got to be what happened with Turnbull, right? Maybe I'm way off or maybe this was obvious from the start, but magically going to the IL after being sent down and switching agents makes a lot more sense to me now after seeing the Epler suspension. Mitchell, you said it, not me. <laughs> um, and that, That's a lie. I did say it when it happened, uh, you know, Uh, When this first happened, I came on here and said that this was one of the most fascinating stories in all of baseball to me. And the Tigers just weren't a big enough market uh, or in the national spotlight enough for people to care about it. I think if what happened with Turnbull happened with the Mets or the Yankees, it would have been one of the biggest stories in sports last year. Yeah. Um, the, The exact kind of walkthrough that we received... About that situation, about how he was told he was sent down, called the new agent, then immediately had a second meeting, like minutes later, where he was like, oh, by the way, I didn't tell you I got hurt. (laughs) You said it, not me. All right. You said it, not me. Uh, From Ben, we have, uh, is there room for Badu on the team with Cannon now on another corner outfield? Can't imagine them carrying five pure outfielders. I agree. I think Badu starts off in Toledo. Uh, I think that he's going to be a really fascinating conversation in the spring. I think he absolutely could play his way out on the roster, but he didn't hit that well last year already, and uh, now it's a very crowded outfield. I think Badu probably starts off in AAA. Uh, from Tony, why is Banyas not getting more love to be our opening day third baseman? Um, thank you, Scott. Keep up the great work. I appreciate you very much, Tony. He was one of our better hitters last year and wasn't bad defensively. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, it's going to be a platoon uh, is really what I think. Uh, I, I think maybe not a pure platoon. Maybe it'll be more, uh, stuff than just pure righty lefty, but Ibanez specifically hit really well against lefties last year. So I, I think that that is where you're going to see Andy Ibanez a lot. Um, now Veerling, right, is, is probably going to get a lot of looks there too, against both handedness, right? Cause, um, there, there was a point where he was better against lefties. Than righties as well. But I, I think that uh you're seeing it because I don't anticipate Abanez to get a ton of PT at third against righties specifically, but he will absolutely have a big role in the team. He earned it. Uh, I think AJ Hinch loves Andy Abanez. Um, he talks about him like more than his own kids. Like it's <laughs> I think I think AJ Hinch really, really likes Andy. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ryan Kreidler and his chances to make the roster? I feel like he's been forgotten about, but still has potential. I'll tell you what, you can go back and listen to my uh, my roster projection 1.0, uh, user ET, and then a lot of numbers. Um, I think Ryan, Ryan Kreider right now is on my opening day roster uh, and ahead of Justin Henry Malloy, um, which, again, we kind of talked about a little bit earlier. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think Kreider, this is going to be a really big spring training. When we do our you know biggest storylines to watch in the spring, Kreider going to be on there for me. I, I think people have forgotten about him. And I think that the organization really wants him to work as like a super utility, you know, can play six different, seven different positions kind of guy. So uh, we'll see. Okay. uh, Only a few more left here. We have if the Tigers were to trade, oh, we already did that one. Any thoughts on who could be the next underrated Tigers prospect to break out in the minors? We've had Carpenter and Bigby the last couple of years. Anyone you have your eye on in the 2024? I always have my eye on on a few. I don't know if I have anyone that I'm I'm super like. Here's you know my Super Bowl take on who's going to be the next Carry Carpenter. Carpenter came out of nowhere, um, wasn't on anybody's radar, and then started mashing. I don't know if we have anybody like that dramatic. Um, but i'm I'll, I'll give you the people that i am most interested in okay how about that a little bit of a up, cop out but not completely okay how you lead got him from michael Lorenzen dominate the strike zone type of guy uh seem to finally toward the end Still only 21 years old I think uh if he can be in double a this year and show some power uh that I'm going to be get really really excited about him really quickly Kevin McGonigal not really an under-the-radar guy. Everybody's been talking about him, but I am fascinated with Kevin McGonigal and how well he could potentially hit this upcoming year. And then Eddie's Leonard. Uh, we'll have, we have another kind of follow-up question that's going to be a similar uh, train of thought, but I think Eddie's Leonard is, uh, is a pretty overlooked and under-the-radar just player in this organization as well. Got him for cash from the Dodgers at the trade deadline. Um, so those are kind of three that I have my eyes on. Um... Let's see. we have from Wayne Giles, another guy I can count on for uh, from support on the show. So,, uh, what's your take on Scott Harris is basically <clears throat> the the overall question here without reading the entire thing. Uh, lack of desire to make too many trades, uh, wants to make a real trade, acquire some third baseman, let's create a competition, et cetera. So overall, I uh, I think that this next calendar year is going to be huge for me, in my opinion of Scott Harris. I know everybody's very big on, you know, we need opinion on on him right now, right now. You know, it's, it's tough. He wasn't given a whole lot when he took over, over the organization. The organization was really in the dumps. And it's really hard to just turn around an organization and make them a, a juggernaut in a year. Um, so I, I realizing it from that perspective, I, I do think, that this next season is going to be huge because I think that this is kind of the cliff year. This is the year where you either take the leap of faith and you fly and you and you take a huge step forward and <clears throat> excuse me, jeez. And you can go and, and really get somebody next free agency when the class is better and you can address a lot more of your needs, and you've played your prospects enough where you have an idea of who's going to stick long term and who doesn't. Right, Like you're done just playing, oh, we need to play this guy and see how he does. I really do think the next calendar year is going to be massive for the general public's and for my own interpretation and opinion on Scott Harris. So that's kind of a cop-out as well, but that's that's really how I feel. I've been fine with what he've done. he's done. I think he's done a lot of stuff off the field that's really helped the team. But I think that this next year is going to be super telling. Um, okay. Last one – well, actually, that's not true. We have just a couple – I know this is a really long show. I'm sorry, but we have a couple more here. Um, Next one is going to be from Real Tech Matt on X. Uh, I know these ultimately go hand-in-hand, but in your opinion, what would be the bigger factor in the Tigers competing for the Central, having a league average offense or being 500 or better in mid-May? I'm gonna go with the offense, uh, just because I think if they do have a league average offense, even league average, that they will do well in April, right, and, and into May. Um, obviously, the the slow start is something that we've talked about, but I guess my point is it's it's easier to it's maybe easier is not the right word. It's more likely to be 500 in April and still have not the best offense ever than it is to have a league average offense and not somehow be able to go 500 in April, given how, uh, how solid the the pitching is presumed to be. I hope that kind of makes sense there. Um, Now only a couple more, I promise. Next one we have from Twitter as well. Uh, We have from Don H. Uh, Do you, who do you see as the biggest surprise to make the 26 man out of camp this year? This is one of my favorite questions as well. Uh, And my answer is going to be Eddie's Leonard. I, and like for me, maybe the answer is Justin Henry Malloy, just because I don't have him on my major league roster right now, but I know that for general public, a lot of people still think he does. And I'm kind of a little bit of a contrarian in that one. Um, But Eddie's Leonard is somebody that I think we should all have our eyes out for. I don't think he will make the roster. I want to make that very clear. I, I I do not anticipate him to make the opening day roster, but I think if I had to pick a dark horse, that is who I would pick. He did nothing but just hit the ever-living crud out of the baseball uh, this past season in AAA. Absolutely crushed. 904 OPS and average over 300. Average exit velocity was like elite the entire year. Everything he hit was a smoke show, like a line drive, uh, through and through. So he's a guy that I think you know. I don't know if he sticks at shortstop long term defensively, um, but he just hit so well in AAA. Twenty three years old, kind of approaching that. Is he going to make it or is he not? Um, that's a guy that if the- if they're confident he can play multiple positions. In the infield, I think that it, it might be kind of a, a long shot, dark horse candidate here. Okay, word. I think that's everything I got. Like I said, I'm recording this kind of Sunday early in the day. So um, if uh, if you commented something after, I did get one more. Um, from Kion, I want to say Kion, uh, on YouTube, there's like 10 questions in here. I guess so I can kind of jump through and we can answer a couple of these. I'm not, we're already like way, way over time. We're into the forties. I really need to wrap this up. Um, but, uh, uh, there's a couple of questions in here that I think that I can address here just to, to give you a little bit, um, I mean, some questions about where the Tigers could improve more. Uh, I, I think that they're taking a lot of strides in there. That's one of the things I give Scott Harris a lot of credit for, kind of looking uh, around and trying to improve the Dominican Republic relation and, and the just Latin in general, kind of international signing stuff. There's another question you have in here about that specifically. And I do think that it is more of the Tigers finally catching up to what the top teams are doing than like the Tigers have surpassed anybody, which is good. It's a step. But it's just like I'm not going to throw a parade for doing what we should have been doing a long time ago. I am going to give Scott Harris specifically a pat on the back, though, because he obviously wasn't here prior. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the question about uh, just the the fan base of the city of Detroit. I I love Detroit, and I think that it is something that if you give this city, they're just dying for a winner and it was so long with without one and you have the red wings trending up you have the lions trending up you have the tigers trending up you have the pistons love my dogs but goodness um and and it's it's just uh, i i think we're we're really when you get to a point where you're all feeding off each other that that's that's gold and there were some moments like that in the mid 2000s right with the tigers and the red wings and the pistons all kind of trending in the right direction at the same time as well. I think you could have a repeat of that. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's probably what I would say to uh, to that one. Um, and, and the last one I'll address here. Uh, there was an off-season, this is an off-season question, but what do you think is considered a creative trade? So we know what you mean and what to look for at the trade deadline. So uh, my biggest gripe with Avila was the lack of creative trades. I'd say that all the time. Uh, What I mean by that is people that are not just fully expected and known by everybody to be uh, tradable, to be trade pieces, right? Everybody knows the public trade list and everybody can kind of come to their own conclusion on those on your own, right? If it's a rental and the team's not very good, then there you go. You have a trade piece, right? If you have a guy who's going to be a free agent next year and the team is in last place, obviously that's a big trade piece. The creativity comes from people that you don't anticipate to be on the market. They have a few years left, and you have to pay a little bit more for that. And the team uh, maybe is struggling, at, but it's there's a few years left on that deal. Just creativity in who you're going after. Maybe a prospect for prospect trade. We haven't seen one of those in a really long time. Um, that is is what I'm dying for. I'm 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 longing for just the the days when. We have a front office that really has that creative approach to the trademark and we have yet to see it, but it, again, it's still early. There haven't been a ton of trades in the Harris era. So we'll see what happens going forward. But even this past deadline, right? It was, it ended up just being like Michael Lorenzen. Uh, and and then obviously the E-Rod flop, which was also a rental. So um, yeah, I, I think that that's kind of the biggest thing that I look for. It's just uh, people that aren't really obviously tradable pieces um, okay. This has gone on way too long, but I really wanted to get through all of the questions we got. So I'm really, really sorry for the longer episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Regularly scheduled programming back to the 30 ish. We'll call it minutes. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Uh, player previews back on tap for tomorrow. Uh, I'll talk to you then baby. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. Go Tigers.